0: ...and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are... ...the Agents of Edgewatch.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Steven Gluckar, and in this week's episode we begin book two of the agents of edgewatch adventure path for pathfinder 60 feet under so big welcome to everyone long time listeners welcome back we're starting book two and people who are brand new to roll for combat welcome i just want to give you a little overview of how we do it over here at roll for combat we set up each book of each adventure path, whether it's Pathfinder or Starfinder, as its own season, much like a television show. And then we do a big recap at the beginning of, well, each season so that you can just jump right in. So if, you know, you don't want to listen to season one of Edge Watch, you just want to jump right into season two, you can. We're going to give you a recap, you can jump right in, and you'll be fine. You really will. You can just start with this episode. Obviously, if you want to go back and you know listen to the first season, it's always there for you. But we make it so that you can jump into season one, two, three, four, five, or six, whatever you want. Oh, any season you want. So we're only up to book two. So this is the beginning of obviously season two. And if you're gonna miss any season, I would say uh, probably the first season is the one that you could miss. Not that I want you to miss any, but season two is where things start to pick up a bit. Season 1 is the first book of an adventure path, and that is always the grounding book, where they sort of give you a background of what you're doing, of where you are. And to be honest, since your characters are usually level 1 to 4 or level 1 to 5, they're not going to be throwing a lot of heavy-hitting things at you because they don't want to kill off your characters. So just a real quick recap of how this is kind of set up. This entire adventure path takes place in the city of Absalom, which is the largest city in the world of Glarian. And right now, we are members of the Watch. Well, not we are, but the PCs are members of the Watch. They're a brand new division of the Watch called the Edge Watch. They are in what's called the Precipice Quarter. The Precipice Quarter is sort of brand new it was destroyed 20 years ago in an earthquake they've rebuilt it and they're having a once in a century festival called the Radiant festival that is once every 100 years or in this case once every 201 years because the last time they were going to do it the god of humanity died and no one felt like you know having a big celebration so book one the entire book took place within the precipice quarter and in edgewatch central Book two, you're going to see them go all over the city of Absalom and you're going to see them talk and deal with the different guards of Absalom. So each district within Absalom has their own guards and they're all very, very different. Each district is handled completely differently. They have their own names, they have their own headquarters, their own captain, and they have their own culture. And well, you're going to find out what it's like for our guys who are very straight-laced and pretty much goody-two-shoes from the Precipice Quarter, go to these other districts, and... Well, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. It's because some of these districts are... Some are corrupt, some are a little bit more loosey-goosey with the rules, some are sort of... Kick back and relax. None of them are as tight wound, shall we say, as the Precipice Quarter and the Edge Watch. So you're going to see them intermix with lots of different guards of Absalom and lots of different styles. So that is what you're going to see a lot of in Book 2. And you're going to start seeing the beginnings of a larger story start to take place. And usually the way they set these up, they being Paizo, is that the main story starts to sort of peek its head around Book 2 and then Book 3 is where it really starts in earnest. But you're going to find out at least about what is sort of going on and what the overarching mega plot is for this entire series in Book 2. So be on the lookout for that. Anyhow, the recap is right after my little intro. It's not very long. I think we do the full recap in about 10-15 minutes. You're going to get to meet all the main PCs, and then we jump right into it and we play. And for those of you who want to get a better understanding of what Absalom looks like, just look for it, you know, go to Google, type in Absalom, it'll come up. The map gives you a very good idea of what this looks like and where they are within the map. You can also just go to the Roll for Combat Discord channel and I have a ton of pictures and maps in there so you can see where they are. It kind of helps you visualize where they're going whenever, you know, they're walking around the city. Because they go to places pretty quick, you know, it's a it's a big city, but if they want to go across the city, you know, it might take them an hour. It, you know, they, they can pretty much get around pretty easily, so it's just, you know, just a city. So once again, those of you brand new to Roll for Combat, welcome. I always have a little intro before each show, which you can listen to or skip through, and I often will give, like, GM advice and PC advice and, you know, just gaming advice in general. And then sometimes we have contests... And I talk about the various projects that are going on over here at Roll for Combat. And then we start the episodes, and they come out every single week... Agents of Edgewatch comes out every single Friday. The episode actually goes live, for those of you who want to know, at 1am Eastern Time. So, those of you on the West Coast, or not in New York, uh, you actually get it a day early. It actually goes live for you just late Thursday night. So, you can pick up the episode Friday at 1am. And we also have Three Ring Adventure, which is another adventure path where they are playing Circus Folk, and that is also crazy. That is a lot of fun. Different PCs, That goes live every Tuesday at 1 a.m. And once again, if you're on the West Coast, you can get it at Monday. And of course, we have lots of other items. There's an article that Jason McDonald, who's one of the PCs in this adventure path, he writes a recap of every single episode ever. And you can find that at RollForCombat.com. If you want to catch up on the first season, you can either listen to it, But if you're like, you know what, I don't have time to listen to it, then just go to RollForCombat.com, go to Talking Combat, and check out Jason's columns where he completely does a recap of each episode. You can just crank through those, spend an hour reading through each episode, and then you'll be all caught up because he does a really great recap. I actually like to do it myself just because sometimes it's a year or two since these episodes aired and even I kind of forget what's going on. So I got to read Jason's recap just so I remember because there's a lot of things that I have to record and edit. So it all gets jumbled up inside my brain. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's show notes. So show notes this week, very quick, not a ton going on. We're continuing to work on the RPG Superstar book. As I said, we have the layouts done. I actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. We are almost done editing all the monsters. We have about 75% of the artwork done, maybe even 80%. We have a lot of the artwork done. I actually was looking at the last assignments and I'm like, oh my God, this is all that's left. It's not a lot. So I'm trying to make sure I give everything out to the best artists that I have. Uh, Make sure that everything gets done quickly. I don't want to have any hiccups. And then we are actually doing the layout. I have the layout being worked on for the book itself and it is looking really, really sweet. I hope to share that with you in the very near future and you can see what the book looks like. However, if you want, every single Wednesday on the Patreon, I post one of the monsters with the final artwork. So you can just go to Com and check that out. That's free, everyone can see that. You don't need to be a member of Patreon to check that out. However, if you do want to join us on Patreon, for as little as five bucks, you get the episodes early, you get the episodes a couple days early for Edge Watch, and a week early for Three Ring Adventure. So, if you really want to know what's going on before everyone else, you can listen to them there. Plus, you can listen to us live whenever we're recording episodes, and we record episodes usually on Sundays and Mondays. Although, with quarantine ending and everyone going out and being free, I can tell you right now that the schedule might be getting changed a lot. Who knows but we record at night usually from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock p.m. eastern time that's usually our recording session time so usually at night eastern time from 8 to 11 but again five bucks and you can come join us you can listen to the show you can chat with us you can hang with us it's a lot of fun also on the patreon we give out a lot of cool stuff there's mugs there's t-shirts there's stickers there's bags you can check it out you can get all that cool stuff Also do make sure you check out the discord channel if you want to play games we have over 400 plus games of Pathfinder and Starfinder on the discord just go to discord.ruleforcombat.com you can check that out and then of course check out the website we are going to be having the review of Bestiary 3 which comes out next week so be on the lookout for that and you can see Jason's review of Bestiary 3 Bestiary 3 is great by the way I really love this book. This is where you start getting all the weird stuff. You know, Beastiary 1 is kind of cut and dry. Beastiary 2 was starting to get a little weird. Beastiary 3 is where they put all like the misfit toys and all the weird, wacky stuff they really shouldn't put in the Beastiary 1 or 2, but all the crazy things. Like Krampus. I love Krampus. One of my favorite monsters ever. And Krampus is in this book. So silly. So make sure you check that up at RollForCombat.com. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. I'm Steven Glicker, and I am your GM for season two of Agents of Edgewatch. For those of you brand new to the show, we're going to have a little intro explaining to you exactly what you missed in season one. So if you feel like, hey, you know what? I just want to jump into this and start now in season two, you can do it. But for those of you from season one, well, don't worry. We're going to do a recap for you, too. So everyone's going to win. Everyone's going to find out something special this episode. But for now, let me just give you a little bit of a recap of what you have missed If you're coming into the show brand new. First of all, this adventure takes place in the city of Absalom. And our players are playing fresh recruits in the Edgewatch, which is a newly formed faction of the Absalom Guard created to police the now restored Precipice Quarter on the onset of Absalom's Radiant Festival. The Radiant Festival is a festival that only takes place once every hundred years. But... In fact, it didn't take place last 100 years because that's when Aerodin died. And, you know, when a god dies, people are not in the mood to have a once-in-a-hundred-year festival. So this is the first time the festival has occurred in 200 years. So it is doubly big. And this quarter, the Precipice Quarter, has sort of been abandoned for like the last 20 years. So it was an excellent opportunity to bring this quarter back to life they decided, you know what? Let's make the festival in this quarter. it will bring in new hotels, new people, new businesses, and you kill a lot of birds with one stone. One new aspect is they had to create a city guard, which they did, and they call that the Edge Watch. And they are specifically formed to police this Radiant Festival. Now the Radiant Festival take place over three months. And we started the beginning of season one with all of our players as brand new recruits. In fact, they were on the first day of the job. And just to give you an idea of how much action they saw in Season 1 that they are currently on Day 4 of the job and they're Level 4. So, at this rate, they're going to be Level 20 before the end of the month. I have a feeling it's going to slow down just a little bit because even for me, this was a bit of a breakneck pace but before i get into exactly what happened why don't i give you a little break for myself and we will introduce the player characters and the players themselves john stats do you want to go first
2: sure uh thank you steve my name is john stats and i'll be playing cadet dougie mcdougall uh dougie is a He's a corpulent mama's boy, um, very sheltered child. Comes from Taldor. Uh Is looking for a an honest way to make a living, and he is a very lawful person. He is a thief, and he is working for Edgewatch. Dougie is going to apply everything that he learned in school. Uh, he's very naive, although he's so book bookish and you know well read. That he thinks he knows the world and he's going to learn during his uh, the course of events that he might not know everything that uh, he, the, the world is maybe different than his, 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 his reading list. So that's Dougie.
1: And Dougie is human. That's something yes. else we should mention. Yes, he's a human. Human. And he's about five feet tall and carries a big stick, literally, <laughs> literally a big stick. A, a yes. mall, a really big mall.
2: Yeah, he's a uh, brawler, uh, thief. He's a uh, he's full strength, uh, low charisma. No, not much in- intelligence or anything. But yeah. he's that's uh, for sure. <laughs> he doesn't do. a You don't want him to do. He'll do the talking. Oh, he'll do the talking. But it's if
3: if you need tact, that's not where you go to.
1: Next up, we have Jason McDonald.
3: Hi, my name is Jason McDonald. Uh, I am playing Basil Blackfeather. He is a Tengu investigator um, who also dabbles in the art of wizardry on the side. He's the son of a fairly well-known tobacconist-turned-politician here in Absalom um, who had been studying for, in law school, but decided that he wanted to kind of make more of a direct difference getting out into the world conceptually the investigators kind of draws on strings of like Sherlock Holmes and the whole gentleman detective thing so uh, Basil's out to untangle mysteries
1: and let me understand this he was in law school and then he dropped out to join the force and no one in his family knows he did that, correct?
3: Uh, not yet, though. Of course, if his name keeps appearing in the newspaper, it may not be remain a secret too much longer. Or if he keeps giving away his name at parties. Yeah, that too. <laughs> if,
1: you, if you go to private parties with nothing but criminals and everyone uses an alias except you... Maybe, just maybe, you're gonna get in trouble. We'll find out.
3: I believe Dougie I believe Dougie used his real name as well.
1: Well, Dougie has nothing to hide. Y-
3: you have you have everything to
1: hide. Well, that's true. Next we have Chris, who's playing a rather interesting character.
4: Yes, Lo Mang was not born Lo Mang. Lo Mang was born Logren Firetouched. Uh, some of you may have already heard this story, but he was born into the family of orc chieftains in the hold of Belvin. Um He was considered blessed uh, by the diabolical in that he had a devil-like characteristics that made him faster and stronger than most. And he uh, came a fighting age during unpleasantness going on with the giants. There was a giant's war with the little folk in Galarian, and he was nearly wounded, mortally wounded, by a dwarven champion who was a Pathfinder in the Pathfinder Society. And instead of finishing him off, uh, the, the dwarf chose to redeem him, and so if he would repent his evil ways and worship Uh, uh this is too much for him though. That's that's that God is way too goody goody for him. So he made a blood oath promise to walk the path of justice and good, and with that, he was sent to the Mang Temple, which is outside of Absalom City, which is a monk's temple, and uh, with the usual monk type stuff prayer, meditation, uh, physical fitness, and martial arts. And he was taught in unarmed combat and defense and non-lethal combat. They also schooled him the ways of Kavin uh which he worships now, that god to show respect uh, for the good side of him now. Um, and for, also for respect for the temple, he changed his name to Lomang, taking the last the name of his temple as his last name. Uh, he v- vows to serve the community for the betterment of good causes. And seeing that Absalon was recruiting officers for the Edgewatch to help with the Radiant Festival, he thought it would be a perfect opportunity to fulfill his destiny. So he is a towering hulk of an orc, uh, around six foot six, greenish skin. Uh, he is tattooed. He loves tattoos. He's got a prominent tattoo of a crane with red eyes and a bloody beak on his chest. Uh, to represent the style of martial arts that he uses, but another strange feature is he does have cloven hooves below the knee, uh, which is uh, shows of his tiefling characteristics, and he has what looks like vestigial wings on his back. And uh, basically, he's got strong ties to the to the temple, and he's looking to rise through the ranks so he can serve the community better. And he does have issues. He did have issues, I should say, with Dougie early on. Because he goes on tilt when other others perform better in combat than him, especially if they're unarmed. And when Dougie first started out, he was unarmed, and it really bothered me.
1: <laughs> so does 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 he have a tail, or is that hidden, or does no one know? Um, he does not have a tail. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
4: That, that people know. of. That people know of. That's <laughs> right. Uh, it's like well, as far as anyone knows. As far as anyone knows. He, he does. Know. He does look very out of place in a way because he is a mixture of an orc and a, and a devil. So there's like little horn like there's there's vestigial things like wings and tails yeah. maybe
1: one day he can turn into a
4: full devil yeah that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> i like it
1: and then finally we have the resident goblin
5: hi i'm seth lipton uh Feli on social media and i play gomez the uh, goblin from the mean streets who uh, was a street thug as he was a classic, stereotypical goblin ruffian uh, thief uh, who then saw the light and uh, got retreated. It's like switch sides and uh, became a uh, officer of the law. If you take like an appearance and affinity for the bizarre of like a Peter Lorre and a Gomez Adams and you mix them up with the no-nonsense attitude of the 70s uh, television show police detective uh, Barney Miller. Then you got an idea of what uh, Gomez is all about. He, he, he tries to look after his team. tries to get the job done. Uh, he does not... He, he is a, a now a repulsion against uh, uh, evil in all of its forms. But at the same time, you may meet another character hopefully uh, still now part of a part of team uh, guest character. Sharky, very fond of Sharky, very fond of Sharky. I hope I hope we see a lot of Sharky in this season.
1: Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about Sharky. So there is a unofficial fifth character to this team, and that is Sharky the Mimic. So as of last episode, they found the Mimic, fought it, befriended it. And all they know is Sharky might be joining the force, maybe as a chef. Maybe as an undercover agent. I don't know. But one thing I do is I try to bring in different people to play Sharky. So far, we've had two guests play Sharky because why not? It's a mimic. It can be anything. And it also is one less thing I need to do because uh, it's it's kind of an NPC. It's not really a PC, but it's fun. And Sharky I'd like is... you to
3: bring in someone who's less fond of eating basil. If that's possible. Uh, well, <laughs>
1: unfortunately, Sharky loves Basil's feathers and just wants to gobble you up. Because, I don't know, Sharky just has something about Basil's feathers and Basil. But he's your best friend, or they're your best friend. We don't even know what Sharky is. Sharky isn't it. It just is. But right now, Sharky is, uh, well, you don't know where Sharky is. So with that, let me give you a quick rundown to all those people who are new. What happened in chapter one, book one, Devil at the Dreaming Palace. We started off with just some regular on-duty, going around, checking out the beat, you know, breaking up fights, making sure everyone gets along. And um, they, they discovered a couple of missing people. And from there, they... They went to a monastery that was being built and they they successfully negotiated a hostage situation. But then they found out there was yet more people missing. So with all these people missing, they decided to investigate this and they had to sneak into a party that was a who's who of clientele, nefarious clientele. Everyone who's anyone who's into crime was at this party, but our PCs were merely level two. So they could do nothing except take notes and try to fit in and learn a little bit about where these people might have gone. And sure enough, they did. They found they were checked in to this hotel called the dreaming palace. They investigated the dreaming palace. And this was a hotel of horrors every single trap diabolical torture device this thing was unbelievable even for Pathfinder I have to say they went A plus hard R on the horror for this one just when you thought it couldn't get any more horrific they went there it was um it was pretty grim So they found this house of horrors. They had like trap doors that led into either, you got your choice. You either went into a spiked pit and died horribly impaled on spikes, or you could have fallen into an ochre jelly and, you know, get dissolved to death pretty quickly. So they managed to track down these cases, put two and two together. They arrested, well... They did a pretty good job. They arrested the associate Roslow and then uh, found the main proprietor, Hendred Pratchett, and he uh, accidentally got hoisted on his own petard as he fell into his own pit and got dissolved by his own ochre jelly. And that was the last we saw of him. And now he's dead. So they successfully closed the case. And that was yesterday that that was just three days on the job of figuring this all out quite
3: now keep in mind Hedrick Pratchett is dead but his fashion sense lives on as I pretty much absorbed almost all of his gear
1: <laughs> in a weird irony twist of fate somehow Pratchett was the reverse Basil they were the anti-Basil if there was a uh, a mirror universe Basil it would have been Pratchett because he was an investigator who dabbled in magic, who uses a sword cane and wears a suit of leather armor. Basil literally got every single piece, every single piece of loot from that guy is now adorned on Basil. I must Pretty say. much,
0: yeah.
2: I'll, I'll accept the um, the ring.
0: Except the ring. Dougie
2: got the ring that he now, none of his armor
1: shows up. Yeah, the ring is very cool. It's a ring that allows you to disguise armor and weapons. And until you draw them, no one can see them. So you can be carrying full plate decked in armor and people just see you like in regular clothes. And that's it, which is how they were able to successfully walk around town and successfully kidnap. ...and torture people to death because no one knew that they were carrying all this accoutrements. But that is where we last left off with Season 1. For Season 2, we begin with the following. Following the arrest of the serial killer Hendrick Pratchett... Well, he wasn't arrested, he was killed... ...and his associate Roslo. The agents discovered that Roslo's old associates... ...members of a small thieves guild called The Copper Hand... Are planning a bank robbery. The theft is set to coincide with the Radiant Parade, one of the most anticipated events of the Radiant Festival, and one that will no doubt pose massive complications. The most likely bank targets are within the coins district, most likely. But the Copper Hand itself is supposedly based in the foreign quarter. But in order for our agents to stop the heist, they'll need to hit the streets and piece together enough clues to determine which bank is slated to be hit, and then thwart the robbers. Dun, dun, dun! So that's where we last left off, is that you found out through Roslo's diary entries that she used to be part of a small gang called the Copper Hand. And they clearly are going to be doing a bank heist somewhere in Absalom. And Absalom is the biggest city in the world. So this might take a little bit of doing so with that in mind, it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out who and where the heist may occur. So with that, we are picking up where we last left off, and that is actually in the guardhouse for the edge watch where we have Dougie Gomez Lomang and Basil and this courthouse provides everything they actually live there they get all their squares here during the three months of the festival the guardhouse will take care of all their needs and they have an excellent health plan where there is a 100% deductible where you have to pay for everything as uh, Gomez and Dougie found out last time as well which is fun so, don't get too sick. Now, one more thing I should mention to those of you new all of our members have something on them called a lawbreaker badge. The lawbreaker badge is basically the judge, jury, and sort of executioner. What it allows them to do is it allows all their spells, all their attacks, everything is automatically non lethal. So, they never do lethal damage. The only times they do lethal damage is if they're fighting aberrations, or undead, or things that can be destroyed. Otherwise, they're always fighting, incapacitating, and then arresting their suspects. That's the first thing. The second thing is that if they start to waver outside the side of law, the badge will let them know. Because right now, the raiding festival was put together so quick, and they need to make sure that law was upheld, especially recently when the Whispering Tyrant tried to take over the city. So they didn't know who they can trust. So some of the mightiest wizards of Absalom put together the lawbreaker badge, which is kind of like the same magic they use with Wayfinders to help out law enforcement. The other thing it will do is it will do a small heal to someone once per day. It's the same as lay on Hands. So in this case, it will heal you of 12 hit points. Oh, and one more thing I want to mention, then we'll get into it. Everyone is level four right now. So we begin the game with everyone at level four. In the courthouse, you successfully managed to bring in the culprits. And with that, your Sergeant Olo comes up to you all and asks to speak to you about the next steps in this lead you brought them. Hi, Sergeant. Oh, how yeah. you doing? Oh, hey, 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 how you doing? So, uh... So you, you four, that's uh, Red Squad. Uh, quite quite an impression you've made here. You've been in the paper every day. You solved the big case. Everyone here knows your name. And, and it's only day four on the job. Uh, uh, next thing I know, you're going to be saving the Primark. <laughs> oh, you fellas. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I can't believe how well you're doing. I'll, I'm not supposed to say this, but of all the squads, you have been by far. The best one of the newbies, that is, you know, of course, we have some uh, higher level detectives and they're doing an excellent job. They have to find out where that digger went, the excavator. They have no leads right now. Mm. Who can steal a 50 ton building in the middle of uh, in the middle of broad daylight out of thin David air? And who knows? Copperfield. Yes, that was that was weird. That was weird. to tell you. Well, anyhow, uh, this is what we're going to do. You know, Absalon's a really big city. So if anyone deserves a rest, it's you fellas. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some of my best men on it, run down a couple leads, talk to some of our undercover agents, and then I'll come back to you in a couple of days with some leads to track down. So why don't you just walk your beats for the next couple of days, rest up, uh, buy some, you know, new equipment. And, uh, eh, who knows? You probably earned a pretty penny that last assignment. So, uh, why don't you spend a little bit of the, that gold and, uh, Get yourself something nice, but why don't you take it easy? You deserve it, after all. You you probably had the roughest start I've ever seen for a new agent in the job. Well, thanks.
4: Sergeant. It's been difficult, but we're but we've been very well trained.
2: And service is its own reward. So that's right. The gold is nice, but we we, we, we serve at the pleasure of our sergeant.
1: Oh, well, we got some time. The Radiant Festival parade isn't for uh, ten days, so. We have over a week to take care of this. So, as long as we track this down and find out leads and figure out which bank they're going to hit within the next ten days, we should be fine. So,
2: the backing up the two zones, the two districts where the uh, Copper Hand, where the Copper Hand
1: operates, and their location are two different zones. Is that correct? Well supposedly the copper hand you know they're kind of a minor organization they're supposedly based in the foreign quarter but if anyone's gonna hit a bank you're gonna go to coins because that's where all the best and uh. most prestigious banks are I mean it is the coins district after all and and then he kind of looks around a little bit and he says and everybody knows the uh, the law enforcement on the coin side eh, they're not exactly the best.
2: We'll be happy to cooperate with them if they need help on any investigation. Or likewise, we'll be happy to ask them for help for
1: for ours. Yeah, I have a feeling that you're going to pretty much lead this investigation. Because he says, you know, the token guard, I mean the coins district guard. And he seems Mm. kind of embarrassed by calling them the token guard. Uh, they don't exactly inspire most people. They seem to be more interested in uh, taking bribes and listening to those with the biggest wallets and actually fighting crime if you know what I mean. Oh no, that sounds awful. Especially since
2: they're supposed to be police.
1: Yeah, well that's how things run in the coins district. So we have 10 days. We're not actually doing this investigation to
2: find where the bank heist is going to be is that roughly
1: No, what we're going to do is that I'm going to put my best men on it. Sniff around, go shake down some people, go talk to some rats, see what I can figure out. I'll get back to you in a some couple of days. CIs, some
2: CIs, maybe yeah,
1: some confidential some snitches. informants. That's right. <laughs> we're be talking to some snitches and find out who might be targeted. So Come back to me in a few days in the meantime just relax i figured if anyone deserves a break it's you fellas plus you don't have the same connections that some of my fellas have so they'll be able to find out where that might get hit much quicker than you and we sure we have 10 days but we can't dilly-dally here so come back to me and then i'll have you do the follow-up
2: it's all about the cis well thanks sergeant
1: yes, yes. And, uh, and try to not get into the paper every day and then he's sort of like Hits you a little bit on the ribs, Dougie. And he seems to give you a little smile and the uh, he walks on. Wow.
2: He found one of Dougie's ribs. I'm impressed. Okay, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, he hit you pretty hard to get that rib. <laughs> yeah, he
2: must have. Must have had to. All right, Dougie, will salute and click his heels together, and uh, he'll walk out. He doesn't know if anybody else is walking up, but he'll be, like, the first one. Is
4: it party time?
2: Time for a bender? Yeah, it's time for a bender.
1: It's, um yeah, it could be party time. It could be uh, Coors Light time. It's Jimmy want. McNulty time. Miller yeah. time. It's happy hour somewhere. Exactly. Noon
4: somewhere. We have uh, some
2: money we need to spend, right? You have tons of money. Okay, so the thing we don't have is a rune of striking. <laughs> and Dougie is going to, he has enough, barely enough, to apply that to his mole. So he's going to make his uh, plus one Maul have an extra D twelve of damage. So just a little upgrade, just just (laughs) a little upgrade, you know. Just
4: well, not to be outdone, Lomang is jealous and he
2: does the same thing. Yeah, but you don't have a weapon, so you can't do that. Right, can... uh, he gets, oh, he gets... He, oh!
1: he, he, puts oh, some, he, he, he has these hand because wraps. are unarmed. He's literally yep. putting them on, on washcloths. He's I like, am, here's, literally. Here's my washcloth. <laughs> I'm going to put a, a plus one striking rune on plus my
3: washcloth of
1: doom. That's right.
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's more of an ace bandage, actually. Don't snap
1: <laughs> me in the butt when I walk by with Maybe that. Maybe it's actually more of a
2: loincloth. Oh God!
4: Whatever it is, it's magic. So it's yeah, all magic. Well. that's what
5: they say about his loincloth. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I have, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion for Lomang. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the old comic books character immortalized by Billy Zane in the in the major motion picture, uh, the Phantom. The Phantom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His Phantom. his iconic wow. his iconic uh, uh, device was. He had this phantom ring that, when he punched the villain, it would it, it would leave them with the mark of the phantom on on them. Oh, like, I like that! Like, wow. a, like, like a brass knuckle. <laughs> you like should it. absolutely like my suggestion. You being a monk, get that rune put on a ring and just beat the hell out of the villains. And just, and just <laughs> I like them.
1: it. It's like a little crane. Yeah, like it's a little
5: like, crane. Yeah, it's Snap. like
1: you've been craned.
2: It's a signet ring, and you
1: are the wax.
4: <laughs> I like it.
1: All right, so other thing i should mention is you're an absalom so and we mentioned this in the last book you can get anything i mean until we start getting to like the yeah. super highest levels you just find it you literally go down to the store to runes are us it's and even you magic can just, items right it, it's, yeah these are so easy because i already these got are, my eye on some. these are nothing so. these are nothing yeah and on top of that there is a dispensary and you can get anything even here so, finding magic items, even uncommon magic items, is not too hard in Absalom. So, Doggy gets his striking rune. Well, he'll do his 2d12 points of damage. Loman gets his striking rune and he'll do his 2d6 I know. It's like, points of damage. It's really embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but well, I hit. I hit more often. So,
2: yeah, you yeah, yeah, have to hit to actually do damage. So right. it does exactly. does e- e- even out a little bit. We also had a little bit of money left okay. over. I think we kicked in each fifteen gold to buy some. We have I think what what kind of we got
1: some scrolls. scrolls. Okay, yeah, he, we got some yes. upgraded
2: scrolls. Yes,
1: you wanted to get some new scrolls because the healing in this party is intensive. Gomez is literally the party healer, and then some. It looks like,
2: yeah, and and a lot of our feats are medical related between combat. So, yeah, it's via- a good
5: split. Like like I'm the immediate in combat magical emergency first aid, and then there's and then you guys are physicians that uh, do the uh, uh, mechanical healing. Didn't after, you get, after the fact
2: I thought you got like an upgrade, like a a, a, a spell or something that does a lot of. Da- no, an item or something that does like good damage.
1: Well, his his heal when it goes to level two does two d eight plus sixteen when he heals one person. So, and every every two levels that continues, so it'll go three d eight plus twenty four and so forth. So, his heals are very powerful.
5: Especially oh, especially for individual like all all of my like like I'm not just a I'm just not just a healer I'm a am spell utility I'm the I'm the Swiss Army knife like uh it, it, like I got lots of different spells that do lots of different things and and damages amongst them
1: and then Basil Basil literally just takes everything he I was saying before some people have uncommon items some people have rare items but Basil Basil made off like a bandit and got the unique item. The one that actually drew everyone's breath in. They're like, because oh, unique is so rare in Level Battle four Fighter.
2: character with a unique weapon.
1: He's the only person we got in a the world We got a leader for the party, I think. That has this weapon. Which just happened to be a plus one striking... Sword cane is the word you're sword looking for. Sword cane, sword, and... It's like a well, double you, one. Yeah, why don't you yeah. tell everyone what it yeah. does? I don't want to give it up. Well, a it, a. Is
3: an, it's the, it has plus one and striking. It is a, a, the exquisite sword cane, which means it's actually a paired weapon, and the sheath can also be used as a weapon. And the sheath, as long as you use them both together, the sheath also has the, the same runes. So it's also a plus one striking weapon. So you can either attack with just the sword or you can use the sword and the cane and still be reasonably effective with both. The other thing is it has a poison reservoir in the handle that can hold three charges of poison. And uh, since our once again, since our buddy Hendred Pratchett had three doses of poison on him, I'm pretty much going to dump those three doses of poison into the sword cane and try that out. So, in fact, continuing the theme, I also inherited his armor, which is just conventional armor, but it's styled it's styled ele- armor that looks like a like an elegant trench coat jacket thing, rather than bulky armor. And uh, so, I I pretty much and I inherited his spell book, which at some point we'll have to get into because I'm gonna try to learn some of his spells. So.
1: And don't forget about his top hat. Did you get that as well?
3: Uh, we're still negotiating about the top hat.
2: Oh, Okay, <laughs> the top hat. I don't remember the top hat. We're, oh, we're, is that we're, just we're, part of the leather armor?
1: Oh, we're just we're just we're just discussing uh if <laughs> if he would look more dapper and oh, uh, maybe a top hat, maybe a uh, I could go for a, a monocle, cap. and then I could go with the full Mister Peanut treatment. I don't <laughs> That's right. There you go. Who knows? Maybe a beret. So you know, we're we're just fooling around. With one major
3: options. purchase. Uh, Basil laments his lack of basically lack of spell slots since he's only a half of a half of a wizard. So he's going to pay a visit to Bedstaff and beyond and pick up a fire staff, which let which will let him cast produce flame as a cantrip and burning hands as a level one spell. That's.
2: Good.
4: the
3: Burning Hands in particular because we don't really have a lot of area damage in the party
2: you're going for yep. the strongest Avenger is what you're trying to be
3: so that's going to be a big chunk of Basil's remaining money but that's and the all next right. thing
1: about that is the cantrips um, are level 2 because cantrips are based off your level even if your spells are lower it's actually one of the nice so that
3: gives me another ranged damage option a different damage mm-hmm. type so that's kind of you know. nice
1: Turning into... Everyone's turning... Well, we have Gomez, who's a Swiss Army knife of healing. We have Basil, who's literally a Swiss Army knife. And we have Lomang and Dougie, who punch things real good. That's what we do. That's
2: the right. We, brute. we slice, the kiss, and bludgeon things. Yes.
1: And then I know Gomez wants to go crazy because Gomez walks around it like, I imagine Gomez has, like, a trench coat, and he just opens it up, and inside is just, like, Squeak. scrolls, wands, feather tokens, potions. He's just, like, covered head to toe in accoutrements.
5: Yeah, I won't say. I do not want to analogize to an Inspector Gadget, uh, but... Like maybe uh maybe our man Flint where he has like he has like the lighter that has twenty seven thousand different functions, you know? So he's like he's got a he's got a little bit of uh a little bit of just a just a touch of the James Bond like uh gadget, like little solution for little things, something in his pocket for it, yeah.
1: So I know you wanna get some scrolls. And do you want to give out the other things, or do you just want them to be a surprise to the audience of what else you're going to
5: buy? Oh, it's definitely going to be a surprise. I'll I'll say one word, feather tokens. I'll say that.
1: There we go. And there's a lot of them. So when he throws a boat out in the middle of combat, you'll be like, oh, where'd that come from? Feather token. Chicken, where'd that come from? Feather token. Bush, where'd that come from? Feather token. You name it, there's a feather token for it. In fact... I might have to make a new shop, feather tokens are us, and just invent new ones, just so Gomez can walk around with them.
2: We have a source of feathers in the party, so that. Oh my no
1: god! With that. I can smell. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like, it where this, I do like where this is going. Basil's feather tokens—they're not just tokens; they're basil feather tokens.
3: I want to cut of the profits.
1: <laughs> if you want the best. You gotta come to Basil's.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, you're all souped up. You're all ready to go. Is there anything you want to do over your next couple of days of rest and relaxation? I think Basil wants to try to learn some spells.
3: Yeah, though, because I don't have a lot of gold and because some of the spells aren't that good, I'm not going to try all of them at this point. Okay. Specifically, there were three spells that I was going to go for on the first pass. I was going to go for Ray of Enfeeblement. Actually, I guess technically four: Ray of Enfeeblement, Chill Touch, Days, and Light. So it's one level. It's one level one and three cantrips.
1: So which one do you want to start off first? And you all have hero points, so I imagine you're going to make
3: these. Let's all. do the level one. Let's start with Ray of Enfeeblement. Do I roll these or do you these secret? You do. It's all
1: you, baby. It's not secret. All right. So, so Ray of Here we go. He sits down. He looks at this book. Can he understand what the heck is being in there?
3: Oh hell yeah! Oh, Twenty six. Wow. That's a critical, mo-re. Su- That's a critical success.
1: Critical success. You spend one gold piece. All
3: right, next.
1: Is that half of what he uh, needs? Yeah, instead of two, it's one. That's
3: pretty cool. (laughs) Next up is Chill Touch. Um, The thinking there is it does a lower damage die. It does D4s instead of D6s, but it also applies, like I want to say slow. It applies a status. It applies like slowed or something. Cool. That is going to be a success, but just a regular one. Yes.
1: A merely two gold success. So he goes out, he gets the materials, he's like, Alright, I'm he's copying down these spells. Pratchett's
3: handwriting isn't too bad. So far so good. Next is next, next is days. Um, days. It, it depends basically it depends on whether you succeed or critically succeed, but it can apply two or three different statuses like blind and dazed. So that one's That's a good thing. spell. Yep. Here we go. Tries to. Nat 20. Oh, mm. put it in the books. <laughs> nice. Another critical success. And lastly, good old Light, which I somehow did not get around to taking. Oh, yeah, you need that. Yeah, this is the one that he'll miss. Here we go.
1: Tagi, always positive. Oh, yeah, here it comes. Here goes. we go. That's nope. not a miss. That's oh, 30, another that's a crit. crit. Uh, uh, no, my I do critical wow. successes.
3: You save three gold on that. That's that's yeah. Big. So all told, I spent five gold <laughs> instead of eight.
1: Man, what what? Where, <laughs> where was that going? when you're doing the tenth level spells, which cost seven thousand gold pieces? That's um, actually your your rolls were so good you could have learned up to seventh level spells. Now, just
3: as an observation, the book still has a couple others. The book still has like admonishing ray, which is like non lethal damage. True Strike, which gives you, like, the Halfling Luck ability, but only for one attack roll. So, for a level one spell, if it Mm. was a Cantrip, maybe, but if it's a level one spell, I'm not sure how useful that is. And then, like, Mage Hand, Prestidigitation. So, I mean, I may come back later and learn a few more, but I'm a little low on money, and those spells aren't going to be as useful. So... Mage Hand might be yeah, useful. I mean, that's I the like thing. Mage they may come Hand. in useful eventually, so at some point I'll learn them, but it's not urgent right now.
2: How long does it take you to uh, roll one of these? Is it something you can do during a dungeon? It's one
3: hour per level. Oh, okay. Cantrip is maybe... And a cantrip counts as a level one spell for that, so one hour. it's one hour to learn a spell that's not egregious given our heal times. And I think for now it has to be during downtime. I think during when you get to like if you get to legendary in arcana either master or legendary in arcana, you could actually do it during like during combat downtime. But I think for <laughs> now it has to be over a long rest. Oh, I see.
1: So you spend half a day learning those spells. It's only 4 hours. So that's done. Is there anything else anyone wants to do while they are well, relaxing? and spending a couple of days not fighting things and nearly dying.
5: During some part of this, people remember from uh, in the end of last season, I went on a big eating restaurant tour, goblin and trapper style with Sharky. And so, so some of that is going to be happening during this.
1: In fact, let's, uh, let's go. Let's go on your regular route. And here we are. So a day or two goes by, you're walking your route, learning the people. And sure enough, there they are, your favorite goblins, everything fried, and Pelmo's Pickle Hut, Grunka and Pelmo. They're your buddies, (laughs) and they actually have all your favorites ready for you because they know that you've done such a good job in helping them settle their differences and have sharky come by and you had all those things being fried you wanted to try out so they got everything ready for you to go so this is where you normally have been spending your lunches
5: uh the old, the, the stereotype of the cop at, at the donut shop uh th- this is my donut shop and it's not donuts it, it it's it's goblin fair but it is fried it is fried like a donut but uh and it's a pickle I, I, I <laughs> yes I, I I invite people to come on to to, to the uh, Patreon, come on to the to the Discord, and uh, start start suggesting things that uh, that become uh, uh, Gomez as usual when he, when he drops by his two uh, goblin uh, uh, food purveyors. I know what Dougie's going to do. Well, what's Dougie going to do?
2: Dougie is not going to listen to the uh, sergeant precisely. Not precisely. He's going to walk around the coins district. He's not going to interact with anybody. He's just going to, he's going to just like observe, eavesdrop, see what he, if if he picks up any general vibe, because this is an over a multi-day thing. He's just going to like walk the same route every day. You know, just take, just saunter same times of day. He's just going to see if he picks up anything different. He's he's going to case the joint you're in abandoning this. abandoning
1: your posts. What? Oh, what Lordy. do you mean
2: abandoning my posts? We have ten days off. I'm going uh, to work. Well, it's not, no, it's not days off.
1: You still have You're walking the beat. you're oh, walking okay. the beat. I but thought you we had do it, 10 it days your off time. Well, oh, yeah, 10 oh, okay. days off means you're walking. Oh, beat. <laughs> that's it.
2: But you can oh, do that in your off time. You could definitely do that in your off time. Okay, I'll do that in my off time. Yeah, I thought yeah. we had 10 days off. I'm like, no, geez, no, what's, no, this, no. what's this? Lord what's this? Crime
5: never sleeps. That's yeah.
2: right.
1: <laughs> okay. And you're only on the job for three months. So it's like uh, his, his version of you have time off is that you don't have to investigate okay. every single missing person's lost animals at the zoo will accidentally eat you like you did two days ago.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, that makes a lot, a little bit more sense. Okay. I thought that we had two no, days no, no. off. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry about that. So while you're uh, at the pickle stand, something happens. Pushing through the crowd is a Tengu who is dressed to the nines, has a big floppish hat on, big feather coming out of the top. Obviously... Wants to make people notice him, and there's a striking resemblance between Basil and this Tengu. You hear halfway across the court, Basil. Basil, is that you? What what, what are you wearing?
5: Uh, <laughs> Gomez, Gomez looks up from his half-eaten fried rat and, uh, in in interest.
3: Good heavens! Do I assume I recognize this person. It's Linus. Oh.
5: your younger brother. Okay,
3: I thought you were talking adult. I didn't realize he was a young tengu. Uh,
1: well, he's he's you never told me how young he was. I presumed he was like a young adult, like 18.
3: Yeah, like Di- yeah, Dick Grayson okay. Robin level or something. I don't know. Okay. But uh, oh, hi Linus. Uh how, how are you doing? Oh,
1: you know, you know, I'm gambling away our parents' fortune.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I really hope you're kidding about that.
1: <laughs> oh, more or less. But uh, what the heck are you? Do- Why are you dressed like a police? What, what is going on here? Why do you look like you're a member of the guard? Who are these other uh, people? Uh, are you uh. wait? Are you going to a costume party? Can I come? Uh. I really want to go to a ha- a fun costume party. That
3: sounds okay, like look, a great time. Oh, look Linus I, I, I'm gonna need your I'm gonna need some help with this a little bit. I need you to help me out brother to brother here. Um, I decided to take I decided to take a break from law school <gasps> and I'm actually joined the agents of Edgewatch. so I what? am a cop and the, I am a law officer and these are my partners these are the members of my team. Uh, that's Dougie, Mang, and Gomez. Guys, this is my brother. This is my brother Linus.
5: Gomez punctuates the awkwardness by slurping up the rat tail of his fried rat.
3: <laughs> oh God,
2: yeah, that smooths it over. Uh, Dougie, well, click his heels and salute
4: as well. Uh, Basil, is this gentleman bothering you?
3: They're, they're very good. They're very good companions, and we've we've done a lot of good for the city, and I'm really enjoying it. But I. I need your your help. I need you to kind of keep this under your hat for a little bit.
1: Ah, you got me going there. That's a good one. I actually thought that you were actually joined the Edge Watch. Where's the party at? I've been going to lots of great parties this festival. I love it here. Going to gamble, parties. um, At
3: this point, (laughs) I actually pull out the Lawbreaker badge, and I'm going to say... Uh, perhaps you better not be telling me all this stuff. You are still a young man.
1: <laughs> oh, look at that! That looks real. He like t- he like plunks it out of your hand. He's like looking at it. He goes, "Wow, where would you get this? This 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 actually looks like a real badge. You must have spent a fortune for this costume, and you, all of you. And he looks at man. Sirs,
4: please do not touch the uh, the equipment. That is a offense.
1: Oh, look at this. This guy's in character. I love it. And look at that one over there. Wow, he's a he's a little rotund to fit into that uh, uniform. You must have had that one specially made for that fella. Uh, sir, this is standard
2: issue cadet uniform for the edge watch. Um, just be careful how you uh, treat that badge. That's uh, that's important stuff.
5: Gomez quietly goes over to the newsstand, gets the uh, uh, issue of the paper that has that has like all of our exploits over the last three days, scattered all over the headlines and all over with with artist renderings and and in detail, and then uh, casually walks up to him, nudges it, nudges him, and uh, hands him the paper. Oh,
3: thanks. Actually, yeah. I, at the at this point, I will show him the paper and see and say this was so, this was us. This is something we were involved in. One of our first cases.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm blowing the money uh, the old fashioned way. I'm just gambling it away and drinking it away. You are getting fake papers made up. You're spending all this money on these costumes. This must be some
3: party. Well, look, if you don't want to believe me, I guess that's up to you. But either way, it would help me out if you don't mention this to mom and dad just yet. Are, Are you really being serious? You joined. Wait, I'm really. You know they're going to kill you. You know Dad's going to kill you if you actually dropped out of law school. You know that, right? Uh, That's what I'm trying to figure out. So I need a little more time to figure that out. Is what I'm saying.
1: And and then, Mom. She's going to kill you after
3: dad kills you. Well, <laughs> You're probably, they're probably going to draw lots to see who kills me first. You're probably not wrong about that. Okay, I, I,
5: I, I interject and he's like, he's like, okay, jokes over, jokes over. And, uh, I, 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 pull up all of my persuasion and diplomacy and I say, yes, yes. We like, we, we had a, we had a costume party We were at a costume party and I dropped the name of, uh, that, uh, uh, that big party organization with the, uh, uh, with the guy who was like the, the head of the, the social, uh, life that, uh, what was it? was his name again? Hoff. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Not, not the guy from the murder hotel. The other guy was, it was it Hoff. Jeremy Hoff. Jeremy Hoff.
3: Hoff. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
5: So he he had a big fancy schmancy uh, uh, cocktail party. Uh, a lot uh, a lot of uh, people from the biggest law firms were uh, were there. It was probably a good uh, networking opportunity, and that's why all the get ups. And so so and then and then I and then I whisper to uh, I whisper to my comrade over here, Basil. It's like if he believes this is fake, and you don't want his family to know. If a bird go can turn, if a bird is
3: physically capable of turning pale, Basil turns pale right about now. <laughs>
1: Some of his feathers go from black to white. <laughs> Linus looks around. He doesn't know what to believe. He has he has Lomang staring him down. He has Dougie looking at him. Dougie's confused. He doesn't confused understand. Confused and upset. He, he
2: doesn't understand the concept of bluffing this
1: guy. Gomez is, is feeding him what he wants to hear, and then he sees Basil looks like he just saw a ghost. He goes, all right. I don't know what's going on here, but I just warn you, I think uh I think mom and sis are gonna be hanging out in the festival for the next couple of days. So you might want to be careful. You uh may not want to run into them. And oh if dad sees you, oh boy. Cause you know, they're gonna set up some shops nearby. I think dad's gonna set up a satellite store, because they've been making so much money on this festival. That he's been trying to rope me in to help him sell some of the some of the tobacco I, down here. I
3: figured he'd work the festival, but I guess I didn't think he'd come down himself. He usually likes to stay at the main shop. Uh, that's a little yeah. Surprising. Well,
1: I, I hear that he's not doing so well because everyone's down here. So we figured for three months he'd check it out. So uh, if you're really a uh, part of the Edge Watch, you might want to get a disguise or something. Because uh, all I'm saying is, if they catch you and this isn't a disguise party. Oh, boy. I mean, you know, they already don't like me, but I'm going to quickly go from the black sheep to the second
3: least liked
1: black sheep now, in the I'm family. Sure they
3: don't not like you. They just wish you would, you know, make better choices.
1: <laughs> eh, all right. They like. They're just disappointed in me. Because well... I'm not like you, the law professor, and I'm not like our big sis who is so good with the business. And of course, mom is famous and dad is famous. So all I'm good for doing is spending everybody's money.
5: I I quietly mentioned to Lomang, I don't think I like him. And then I go off and I get myself another rat. Ha, exactly. Well, if you want to follow us around a little bit and see the glamorous police life in action.
3: We've got a couple quiet days up ahead, so we could you could maybe join me uh, join me on on patrol a little bit. He thinks about it for a second. He goes,
1: "Eh, why not? Maybe we can uh, use that badge and uh, get into some of the uh, high clientele places. You know, some of the places that you." Need a stamp to get into. Well, I don't have I enough. Don't, uh,
3: that badge is. I got, don't have enough credentials
1: to get into those. But I'm sure you guys can uh, squeeze me in. Right?
3: Aside from the fact that you probably shouldn't be doing that, the badge has some magic on it that would probably get me in trouble if we used it incorrectly. Yeah.
4: Everything is so. on the up and up. Like these gambling activities of yours are are strictly legal. Yes, sir. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: It's not the gambling that's a problem. It's that I'm spending my parents' money. That's the problem.
4: <laughs> all right. Well, as long as you're doing it in a legal and non-disorderly way.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to go to those illegal gambling dens, anyhow. They never pay out. Yeah, we could tell you. We could. I could tell you all the stories of what we've done so far. It's actually pretty impressive. We've actually been. Uh, we've had to fight some undead. We had. We. I don't know if you heard about the menagerie, the uh, animals going crazy at the menagerie, but that was us. I mean, we've what? we've been pretty busy, yeah. No, yeah, that's
1: not you. It is us. There was a cockatrice there. Yes, It was like this giant slug monster, I heard all the penguins
3: were eating. Uh, there was I, a, I think... there was a penguin who survived, and uh, Dougie actually became pretty good friends with it.
1: Really, you know, Doug, you know, uh, rumor is that cousin Jimmy he was a penguin on the mother's <laughs> side, you know? Who knows, it could have been one of our distant relatives that was eaten.
3: Well, you never know. <laughs> but but yeah, if you if you want to if you're curious about what we do, you're welcome to follow us on patrol for a little bit. Obviously, if anything serious happens, you might want to clear, you know, get back to a safe distance, but while we're just kind of walking if you want to walk and talk and catch up and stuff, like we can sure, certainly do that. Sure.
1: All right, let's let's walk around a little. Let's walk around and you start doing your patrol and he, he follows you along. And, and at, a sure point, enough, at a
3: point when he's kind of at a distance, I'm going to say, look, guys, I kind of want to try to steer him onto a little bit of a better path. So maybe hanging out with us for the day might kind of, you know, get him a little inspired to do something more useful with his life. Hope you, so I hope you'll indulge me a little bit.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're here for. That's job number one.
1: So he, um, he is very foppish. He has... A brilliant blue coat, lots of buttons, a big red sash. He's got a large scimitar, which he probably uses more as an ornament than actually fights with. And as I said, a large floppy hat with big red feathers coming out. And as he's walking around, he, he looks at Mag. He goes, so they're big stuff. What's your story? I bet uh, no one causes any trouble with you around, huh?
4: Uh, yes, sir. I don't really have a story. We're actually uh, walking our beat and on duty now. So if you don't really have any other further business, you should uh, move along.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. And he goes over to you. He goes, what about you, big stuff? He's talking to Dougie. He goes, you, you look like you're a lot of fun. I bet we can go to the pub later and uh, pound a few. What do you say?
2: Oh, I don't drink. And I go to the pubs just to make sure people are behaved and orderly. But, yes,
1: that's a good idea. We should do that. Ha. Linus Linus, like looks <laughs> over to Bowser and he goes, Well, your, your friends are about as much fun as you are. Well, <laughs> what about you? Uh, he looks over at Gomez. He goes, Well, uh, I at least like the things you're eating. I, uh, I also like fried rats.
5: Uh, Gomez Gomez comes back and is like, oh, you're still here? Uh, uh, sure, here. I, I hand him one of my two fried rats. He
1: goes, oh, thank you very much. Well, at least one of you is in a spoil sport. And he slurps down the rat. And he's like, mmm, delicious. I need to try out this. What's this? Everything fried. Oh, and well, maybe
5: maybe you're not so out. bad. Yeah, they could do everything fried. And uh, like I start talking about like the things that we had on our uh, our food adventure.
1: Oh, so you and Linus, like, are hitting it off. Linus is desperately trying to find anything to connect with you guys. And and Basil knows this. This guy, although he's a bit of a flippity he is very good at talking to people. He's the charismatic one in the family. If only he had other abilities to go with the charisma.
3: Yep, that sounds like my brother, alright. <laughs> so,
1: alright, you guys continue walking the beat. Linus keeps trying to get Dougie to do anything fun. He, he's, like, up to Dougie. He goes, so so. let me ask you, Dougie, is it you don't drink? You, you don't seem to do anything illicit. W- what do you do for fun? You don't drink. I, I just told You don't you. smoke.
2: What do you do? Yeah, well, I just told you. I keep people out of trouble, make sure everybody is upholding the law, and I like making everybody else, you know, just safe. Is, doesn't that sound fun to you?
5: It's very commendable. I try, I break well, the well, awkward silence. It's very well, commendable.
1: Well, well, what did you do before you were in law enforcement? Like when you were
2: oh, a kid? What
5: did
1: you? I used to what do? I know what you're talking
2: about. Yeah, oh, I also go. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I still like in my off time, I go to the library and read. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, manuals. Let me tell you, I've got a whole bunch of other books. Have you read the Joy to Clean Living?
1: No, that sounds terrible.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. The Joy to Clean Living has been... Oh, when that came out, that changed everything. I mean, before that, it was just the complete daily chores. And, you know, it really didn't hit, you know, like the morals. It was more like the Trainee's Guide to Moral Certainty. Um, where the Basically, it was the same author. So, um, yeah, Joy to Queen Living was... That was just like set me on the straight path. I mean that 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 was basically if if everybody could read that, I'd be out of the job. I'd be out of the job. There'd be no problems here with that, Absalom. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's not a cheap book. But let me tell you, um, we should uh, we should hang out like this. This book, you should just read it, and we ought to have our own little book club. We could talk about it, and you know, if you have any questions, I've read them all. There's also this uh, setting and example. Have you read that one? No. Oh, you would love that one. Oh my gosh that has that has basically like your checklist for you know walking you know a, a proper life like just rules for just real enriching life. That that that's that one. That was a good one too. But uh, no, we should have a book hub. At least just borrow one of them and tell me what you uh, what you think. Or do you have a library card? I mean, Absalom. I mean, you talk about libraries. This might be the place. That might be uh, where we should hang out.
1: Well, uh, I'm not so much into that sort of stuff. But um, I actually heard, and he's looking around. He's like, I heard there's like a book signing going on in a day or two. There's some some book signing, something, uh Step by step guide to solving mysteries or something.
2: Oh yeah, that's from my crime section. I've
1: read. Have you read that one? No, I heard about it. Some guy Griffin Clue was his name. He's having a book signing in a couple days. Maybe you'd be interested in meeting him. Definitely. Oh my gosh, we
2: have so much to talk about.
1: Oh yeah, my god, I'm a, I'm a little bit more into the adventure novels. You know, mysteries are okay. That might be up my alley. Yeah. Well, Maybe we could do that. Maybe we can go together. We can uh, check out this Griffin clue because you know signed copies are always worth more at the uh, at the pawn shop. So um, well, I mean that's basically your ex-
2: getting a signature. That's basically a chance to ask the author, like you know, where do you get all your great ideas and you know, like what do you base you know your, your uh, methodology on? I mean, hmm. obviously, Index of Criminal Motives just that's where everybody goes to, but Oh yeah, step by step guide. Oh yeah, that that's that's a good one.
3: When is uh, that?
1: That's I, I don't know. We should go over there. That's, like in a few a days. Book about
3: investigative I... techniques. I might actually oh, want to come absolutely. along with that one. That sounds interesting. Oh
2: yeah, I've got if if any of you want, I've got also the interrogators search for truth. That's a good one. It's a little. I don't know. It's it's a little risque, but you know, it's it it, it covers a lot of stuff like. Obviously, when I need information, that's how I get information out of people. i just, I've memorized practically all of it.
5: Yeah, I read that one. Uh, it has a lot of good pointers. Some of his uh, basic theory is uh, is a little sketchy, but uh, there's a lot of good valuable stuff in there.
1: Well, yeah, why, why don't we check that out? Actually, I, I think a lot of authors are here because, you know, the festival. I, I believe there's like a whole pavilion down, uh, down over there on the pier, and uh, there's a ton of authors over there. I bet you some of these bor—I I mean, um, uh, interesting books that you like. I'm sure you'll be able to find some of them. Uh, I know I was going to check it out because some of the adventure novels uh, that I like, I know some of the authors are going to be there, and they're going to be putting out a lot of their new, uh, new works uh, at the uh, festival. So, yeah, yeah, why, why don't we check that out, Dougie? Yeah, you know, it gives you, a, it gives you a big pat on the back. It's like you're okay, you're okay, Dougie.
2: Yeah, he's like Dougie pulls out like one of his uh, books. He's like, "Wow, a signature on one of my books is really going to increase the value." And you look at it, and it's a really worn, dog-eared. You know, the cover's missing. the The spine is broken. It's practically uh, smooth on all the corners. It's just like it's been read a hundred times. And he's like, "Oh, this will help me increase the value of my book. This is a great idea."
1: Alright, well yeah, and if you got any extra books that you don't want, let me know. Cuz I'm always interested in reading. Maybe you can uh show me the light. Maybe I'll learn to appreciate these more. Especially if you have first editions. Anything really rare? The rarer the better. Because I imagine those are the best books, the rare books, the ones that are worth a lot of money. I imagine those are the best ones
2: i don't know i always get the uh i use i I only get used books because they're a lot cheaper so
1: oh i don't know you were telling me about that other one that uh that real expensive one was a joy of clean linen that one sounded really hard to get real expensive you just said it was maybe you should show me that one
2: uh i don't believe it was very uh i didn't know it was that uh rare um Oh, you it. said
1: you just said it was. Maybe you misspoke, but uh, uh yeah. Well, look, why don't you go back and uh, check them out? Uh, uh, I'm be very, very interested in checking out those books.
4: Sense motive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he wants to read
3: them, Yeah, Dougie. That seems unlikely. he's. family. That seems. This
2: sounds like a good idea. No, Dougie likes. Once he's going to send him on the path. Of the straight and narrow, the clean is living. Be, yep, this gonna
1: be good. He, he he comes over to Lo Mang and he's like, "What what what about you? You must you must get into a lot of fun places. Look at you! I imagine the adventures you've had. You're probably an adventure novel yourself. Look at you!"
4: Yeah, he's like, "Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm actually on duty now, so I can't really talk to you, sir. So unless you have something on official business, i I'm, I'm gonna keep going on my rounds."
1: And he walked away.
4: oh Yeah, he doesn't like aren't this guy. Aren't I like a?
1: He comes over to Basil. Aren't I like a guy like a deputy? Aren't I like a honorary Edgewood officer? Which means that we'd be on the clock together, and he'd have to talk to
3: me. Isn't that how that works, Big Bro? Well, you gotta cut him some slack. He, we've, we've had a couple. We've had a rough couple days, and and he takes the work very seriously. I mean, I, you can't fault him for that.
5: So. Go- Gomez is shaking his head and catching up to Lomang.
4: Yeah, he's this guy. He's taking way too much of our time. We got, we got work to do. So. oh yeah, yeah, we don't want to lose right. our
2: rounds here. All right,
4: well, all we- right
1: he, he, he's just hanging out with Basil, catching up with him. He still can't believe that he dropped out. In fact, he he's just you keep hearing off in the distance is like, "Dad's gonna kill you." You just keep hearing that over and over again, <laughs> only interspersed with. Mom's going to kill you. And very, very rarely will you actually hear, Big Sis is going to kill you. Now, that one's not as common. Right, but, I would uh, hope not. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
4: Basil is an adult, right? So, yeah, you but know.
1: it's still,
4: you, know. you do want to have some inheritance, I you?
1: Well, I mean, Basil has, uh, you know, you don't know him that well. You've only been together for four or five days now. So you don't know that much about Basil, but obviously he's a he's a bit of a big shot. It looks like who knew? Maybe, maybe <laughs> he's not. a big he's
3: a big shot. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, I'll, I will regale him with our tales and show off my new sword cane and tell him. And oh, since he's, since I picked up my wizarding again since last time I saw him, I'll show show off my cantrips or whatever. We <laughs> cool he's he's really impressed. So you, you uh
1: go around, you finish your rounds and he's like, well, uh, uh I was going to be staying at this place. It's called like the Dreaming Hotel or something, but it looked like it was a big crime there, so uh, I didn't manage to check in. But um yeah, I'm staying at another place. It's uh it's like the Tipsy Tengu or something. I don't know. I just found it, but looks looks fine. Looks fine. So if you want to find me, I'm going to be uh
3: staying over there because
0: Well,
1: you know, mom and dad—they don't really like when I come in uh, drunk. You know that. So let let me know if you let
3: me know if you know where they're setting up the shop, so I can uh, be discreet.
1: Oh, visit them? Yeah, yeah. Or visit them
3: if I see. Yeah, you
1: know what? Maybe you should go out of uniform and pretend you're still in law school. You know, and he seems real excited. He goes, "You know, I'll help you out with this. This could be our little secret. I can keep you out of trouble, and maybe." You know, you could just help me well, out. I do. A little. I
3: do intend on telling them. It's just it's been so it's been fairly recently since I made the decision and I kind of wanted to make sure it was the right decision before I burned you know, burn my bridges and made everything final and told told the folks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm yeah, going I to tell it. them. I don't want to have it hanging over things forever, but I need a little more time.
1: All right, I understand. All right. Well, n- nice to meet you, uh, Gomez, and Dougie and Lomang. And Dougie, I'll be back for them books. And we go get them books signed. Make them worth nice pretty penny, I tell you. Pretty
3: penny.
2: Sounds good. Goodbye, uh... What's his name? That
3: would be Linus. Linus Blackfeather.
1: Goodbye, Linus. Bye. And he just sort of jaunty, like, skips away.
3: See the little red feather on the head? A bouncing a nice guy. Through the cr- He's... He's a good kid, but he can he can test your patience. He's he's not always he's he's a little bit of a free spirit. He doesn't always uh, stick to the rules.
2: Well, if he wants to learn, I don't see anything wrong with that. It sounds like he's uh, he's going to be a great uh, reading companion.
4: Mm, I got my eye on him.
3: (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I certainly wouldn't mind him picking up some good habits, but I mean, at the same time.
5: Can I make a society check? Do I for for my previous life in the underworld, do do I do I know does he have a reputation? Do I know him?
1: No. You have no idea. He's not that he's not that type of person. He's you, not a criminal outright. Yeah, he's not a criminal. He's just—he is, is, uh,
5: doesn't like owe, owe money to every loan shark he, in town. He, and... It's
3: more that he has a knack for more like youthful trouble. I don't know that he's in serious trouble with anyone. Or if he is, I haven't heard of it. But I mean, he—he t- he did, you know.
4: Sounds like someone I personally would like to hang out with. That's for sure.
3: He could maybe use some better role models, I <laughs> suppose.
2: <laughs> Chris, you'd go to the library with him?
3: No, <laughs> library. <laughs> Where's library? <laughs> I believe the repeated God, in, the I, I, repeated I, I, interest in visiting the gambling hall probably won you over. Right?
4: Uh, yes, that's for sure. Yeah, I I don't think I in, in in out of character in real life. I don't can't recall the last time I've stepped foot into a library.
1: All right, so you get back and you have a couple more days. Basil is now
3: worried officially a, a little, little bit. Yeah little bit because you know if he needs to get himself out of trouble he'll probably blab he'll probably like blab my secret just to get him to, to get the mad at someone else
1: <laughs> well now he knows he's got a big bro in the police department Lord only knows what type of trouble he's gonna get himself into yeah. and big brother's gonna have to get him out of
3: yeah that's that's also an angle So like he's gonna get himself into something and expect me to help him and I'm like oh boy
1: yeah, I'm sure that will never Buddy's ever family.
3: come up. We'll, we'll see what happens.
1: So, is there anything else you want to do?
2: Hmm. No, I don't know. Uh, no.
1: So, um, is there anything else you guys want to do while uh, you wait? No. You can continue on your rounds. You can continue to try new fried items. Otherwise, you realize that wow, this is what the job is. supposed Supposed to be like. It's supposed to be just walking the beat, meeting the people, not really, you know, facing life and death every five minutes. It's actually quite relaxing, quite enjoyable. All right. Well, cool. Dougie finds out that sure enough, there is going to be a book signing in a few days, and sure enough, Griffin Clue his favorite author of A Step by Step Guide to Solving Mysteries has a new book out, and he will be there to promote and sign his new book.
2: Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, Doug is definitely going to that one.
1: But in the meantime, let's see what happens. So, first in line, by the first way. First in line. First in line. Hm. So, about a week goes by. Which means you don't have a lot of time left to find the culprits. But you meet up with Oslo again in the guardhouse. And Oslo's like, all right, fellas, Red Squad, fall in. Uh, Lieutenant wants to see you. We see him. Sure enough, there's the lieutenant. Large man with a larger voice behind the desk. Lieutenant Lavaris and sergeant olo stand in lavaris's office at edge watch headquarters well recruits snaps lavaris while gnawing on the end of a flaking cigar
0: you did good
1: better than i expected closing down that murder hotel is one thing but finding evidence of an upcoming bank robbery I'm half inclined to believe that you runts might actually earn Edgewatch some of the respect it deserves. Maybe even a promotion for yourselves in the process. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Levara spits a tobacco-flaked wad of phlegm into a nearby spittoon, and then jerks his head towards Olo. Olo, tell these rookies what you learned. The squat sergeant clears his throat. Steals a glance at the spittoon near his boot, and then steps slightly to the side. Right, well, I uh, followed up on my leads with some of my best agents, and we reckon it's set to take place somewhere during the Radiant Parade. So, we've narrowed it down to three potential targets. Ovengott Money Chambers, The Penny and Sphinx Trust, or stone-sworn savings and loan. I've got a bunch of files for you, so get reading and hit the streets. But start with those banks. It's got to be one of those three. They're the only ones on the Radiant Festival's parade route. That one makes the most sense.
2: Good. Oh, thank you, Sergeant. Thank you, Lieutenant.
1: Get out of my office. I got things to do. Goodbye. What are you still doing here? Get over to the coins district. Start tracking down those leads. The reading festival parade's only in a few days.
4: Did he give us a, a bunch of files?
1: Oh, here comes the files. Oh, no.
4: <laughs> oh, yes. Is it a file dump?
1: Yep, file dump. Here we go.
4: The robbery is going to happen on Bastille Day. <laughs> like in Killing Zoe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
5: good. I, I was easily thinking of that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You want a spectacle? I'll give you a spectacle. First,
4: we live
1: life. <laughs> so, Allo gives you, sure enough, some files. And in the files, you can see there are six places for you to check out. The three banks he mentioned, as well as three other places. Does someone want to... I absolutely do want to go through and explain what you see. Because it's a fair amount... And he said for you to investigate the banks first.
5: All right. So, uh, see, so, yeah. So Gomez devo- devours the files, uh, and like uh, uh, in, in, in a vo- in a voiceover, he hi- like highlighting points. Uh, Ovington Money Changers. Ruthen Ovington. Ovington is the owner and manager of Ovington Money Changers in the East End of the Coins. The file indicates that Uthan's Bank has recently been uh, subjected to vandalism and harassment by unknown parties. This is the oldest bank among the three uh, possible targets that has been operated by the Ovitans for several generations. Next place, Penny and Sphinx Trust. This is the largest of the three possible targets and is located in the Coins District. Its manager, a halfling named Bertram Softwhistle, reported a recent break-in although the token guard's investigation was cursory and yielded no clues. The file contains a complaint about the thoroughness of the inquiry and copies of letters to the bank's clients assuring them that no funds were lost. The bank now seeks funds to hire a private investigator who conduct a more thorough investigation than the token guard. Stoneworn Savings and Loan Rokas stoneward a wealthy former adventurer, owns and operates this bank in the coin's district. The file contains the permit for her building, which uh, required supplemental filings due to some sophisticated magical uh, uh, protections. A handwritten note from Oroka expresses concern that someone may be engaging in, in, in illegal excavating near her establishment, but the token guard apparently hasn't followed up. Gillel's tannery. This file includes a vandalism report from a tradesperson named Gilal Nalin, uh, who is building a float for the Radiant Parade, someone named uh, Elzamara allegedly uh, broke into Gilal's uh, to vandalize the float Gilal was storing there, uh, nearly burning it, to, nearly burning down the entire building. This uh, paperwork has the words "waste of time" written at the bottom in Lavaris's crisp handwriting. Shadraxa's cheap loans. Although the hobgoblin in business isn't a bank uh, and thus remains unlikely to be targeted at the heist, Shadraxa knows so much about uh, crime and banking in and around the coins district that she is likely a useful resource. Shadraxa's uh, file is as thick as an Abadaran holy text and contains as many uh, complaints against the money l- lender as from her. <laughs> shidraxa is currently under investigation for running an unpermitted business in the puddles she's made a request to several of, of absalom's law enforcement agencies offering information on a on a criminal enterprise operating in the city in exchange for clemency and having her business permit re, uh, re uh, reinstated the last file smuggler's lair the last file is a request for help from one of the puddles volunteer militia members Ziraya al uh, Shirati. Ziraya seeks uh, formal aid in cracking down on a smuggling ring in the puddles, and uh, as an inducement, indicates that she believes the smuggler's leader has valuable information about an upcoming heist in the coins.
1: So that is six possible leads. Olo steps over to you and says, "Yeah, all these these are all solid leads." but I would strongly suggest you start with the banks first and then follow up with the bottom three leads. Those would probably be better as well because once you talk to the banks and get their information, you could probably use the other three to follow up and get a little bit more details. Sounds like a good plan. Wait, which one did you say? There's three banks and then there's three others. There's the tannery. Right. There's the cheap, cheap loans and, and smuggler lair. lair. That's right, but none but none of those are banks, so those aren't going to get hit. But they might be able to help. So you it's in your the first
2: three that are potential targets. Okay, so they got the the first place had uh, some vandalism, and they're being harassed by uh, unknown parties. Second one is the big bank, and uh, uh file they had a they had a, a,
1: a break in recently. The Penny and snakes.
5: Yeah. They
1: had a recent break-in, but there was no clues. What what do we know
5: about the token guard?
1: Oh, very interesting. You bring that up. They're on take. So let's do a little bit of history of the guards of Absalom. There are different guards for each district. We have the Edge Watch, which is the Precipice Quarter, a.k.a. Radiant Festival. There's the Gray Cloaks. They're in the Ascendant Court. You have the Harbor Guard. They're on the docks, and they have really cool, they actually have seahorses, as in they are horses in the sea. They ride seahorses, it's really cool. You have the Learned Guard, who are in the Wise District. You have the Lotus Guard in the Pedal District. You have the Muckrakers in the Puddles. You have the Post Guard in Eastgate. You have the Sally Guard in Westgate. You have the Sleepless Sons in the Foreign Quarter. You have the Star Watch. That is the most prestigious of all of them. And they're in Absalom. And they are the headquarters of the famed Stone. You have the Thistle Guard. They're in the Ivory District. And last but not least, the Token Guard in the Coins District. The Coins District contains many of the roughest taverns in Absalom, as well as the city's largest black market. Crime in this quarter usually consists of assault, disturbing the peace, fraud, and theft. Though officers in the coin District, known as the Token Guard, oh, their official name is the Coins Guard, typically respond to situations only when paid under the table by concerned party. Or because of a lack of response, would draw unwanted attention from the Grand Council. Most locals look down on the token guard as lazy and crooked, but mm. well to do coin citizens understand that in this corner of Absalom, money is the only real authority, even in matters of law enforcement. Wow.
4: So they are token forced. Like that's. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, to- like, they're, a, like they're a
5: token guard. They are the token right. guard. They are a token guard. So, uh, so it would make a lot of sense. Uh, like the thing that just leaps off the page is uh, penny, the Penny Sphinx and Trust. They they hop up a, a justification okay. for the token guard to for the token guard to, to look, and then the token guard cases the joint. Like all of that investigation that they're complaining about was them casing the joint. Uh, in preparation for exactly this Oh, time.
2: I, I got from that that they didn't go very deep in their investigation. It's cursory and yielded no clues. That was what yeah, the Yeah, but he, here's were. the
5: other part. But yeah, but this is, this is the part. Okay. Uh, it says, although the Token Guard's investigation was cursory and yielded no clues, the file contains a complaint about the thoroughness of the inquiry and copies of letters to Black clients assuring them that no funds were lost. So what, what are they talking about with the thoroughness of the inquiry? Is and it no lack funds of thoroughness? Uh, uh, well, you know what? It could be that uh, it could be actually you're right. It could be it could be the, the lack of thoroughness. But yeah. I'm also but I, but I would like to follow up because I'm wondering if uh, if in fact uh, the token guard uh, was was looking was like looked at, looked at the place. I was going to sell that information to the thieves or, uh, or, mm. we're, the, we're like the thieves themselves.
2: Right. I think that is a, uh, that's probably the, that's my guess since we're picking stuff. I'm, I'm guessing that's where the real target's going to be. But, uh, I, I I've also, uh, yeah, there's also. I don't know.
5: Actually, I read this over again, and I, th- I think I just read it wrong. I think you're right. I think they just didn't know what the hell they were doing. I, I'm yeah. still very, I'm very suspicious of them, though. Like, well, it, like I, I wouldn't put it past them actually to to have been behind a lot of these shenanigans. Yeah. And uh, be in league with the uh, with the criminals.
2: And as far as the stone sword, savings, and loan, there's a nearby excavation that is like tunneling illegal. Underneath. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to be pretty easy to. Follow. I think we'll be able to dismiss that one, and I think it's going to be the same. I wonder
3: if that start. has anything to do with the missing digging machine, though. Well, mm.
2: Maybe, maybe, okay. I, well, I like that, the yeah. idea it's of all investigating all of these, obviously. I'd like the Smuggler's Lair first, because it sounds like they have information.
5: Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I would go directly to Smuggler's Lair first. I, I kind of thought I that, too. <laughs> but, but, however... The first one, the Ovintun Money Changers, that is the one with a uh, uh, outsta- out- uh, with an existing outstanding crime for us to investigate. Well, let's at, let's
3: uh, follow orders and do the banks first. But I would agree that the smugglers' layer should be the first of the three op- other leads that we should look into. Well, the
4: volunteer also, yeah, the volunteer militia and the smugglers' layer is saying they're seeking formal aid in cracking down on the smuggling ring, so they're asking for help for that.
5: Let's see. That's uh, right. But that, that that's uh, tangential. Like the uh, the overton money changers is two birds with one stone. Uh, the uh, the investigate you can investigate the uh, vandalism and harassment by unknown parties in the process of checking them out as a possible target for yeah. the crime.
4: I'm game. Whatever, whatever. I'm
2: just here for muscle. All right. So I I des- honestly like at least for as far as the banks. I don't see any problem with. Any order, I I kind of want to go in order just because it's easier to remember.
5: And speaking speaking as as a hunch, I'm going to characterize it as a detective's hunch. What's your hunch? My hunch is here's my my hunch. hunch. Give me your hunch. My hunch is Gill's Tannery because anybody who writes waste of time and says it in bold letters with an exclamation point, that is in fact the crux of the plot.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's okay.
5: That is a uh, red it is flag. Kind of
3: the, it's kind of the which one of these things is not like the others in that it's the most useless looking of the six entries. That,
5: that, that, is, that is right up there with I retire in seven days. And yeah, we just paid off the mortgage <laughs> on the house and it is yeah. all right up in there with that.
2: Well, that's not one of the banks, but that's a good thought. Which one of these banks do you think is going to get hit?
4: Penny and Sphinx Trust.
5: Yeah,
2: I, I'm, okay. I'm not sure. Jason, what do you
3: think? Out of character.
2: Yeah, stone this is all out
3: sworn of character. because it ties into the potentially to the digging machine. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good,
5: that's a good, good hunch. Yeah, the stone sworn. Yeah. I,
2: I, I think that is going to be the one involving the token guard because that uh, is also involved. Uh, it, it's integrated with NPCs and will lead to kind of other. Things. I don't want
4: anyone telling me that this is not my jurisdiction.
3: we're taking over this case alright we're going to end up fighting the token guard aren't we (laughs) non-lethal non-lethal damage but we're going to end up fighting that's right
0: you've been listening to Roll for Combat agents of Edgewatch if you have a question or comment for the show please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com.